This is an Australian Museum podcast. Welcome to Amplify, a regular conversation featuring Australian Museum Director and CEO Kim McKay, speaking to researchers, scientists and other fascinating people from behind the scenes at the Australian Museum. Welcome to the Australian Museum's regular podcast, Amplify. I'm Kim McKay, Director and CEO, and this is where I get the opportunity to talk to some of our wonderful team who work behind the scenes in the Australian Museum's extraordinary collections and building exhibits, working for the public and education, just doing all sorts of things. And today my guest is Dr. Jenny Newell. Welcome, Jenny. Thank you, Kim. It's so good to have you here. Jenny's one of our newer recruits. We've spoken to some staff who've been here for decades, Jenny, but you, of course, are Australian, but came to us via the American Museum of Natural History in New York. How long have you been here now? Since November. Since November, but you have a particular expertise in Pacific culture. That's right. So I've been working on Pacific collections and with Pacific peoples uh, for a long time now, since I you know, finished off my PhD ages ago. So I've been um, really fortunate to work with wonderful people from across the region and out in the diaspora as well um, for a really long time. That's fantastic. So, of course, you studied at ANU originally, didn't That's you? That's right, So yes. what did you focus on there? So I did history of all sorts. I did Australian history and Chinese history and Korean history. But I didn't have the option of doing Pacific history, which I was really keen to do, but they just didn't offer it. So it was it was one of those things I always wanted to learn more about our neighbours and you know, this amazing, huge region, which I thought must be full of incredible people and incredible histories and, you know, amazing cultures. And I was right, so I was able to to discover some of those with my first job after university. I worked at the Centre for Cross-Cultural Research and that was wonderful. So I really learned a lot there. So where was that Centre for Cross-Cultural Research? That's at the ANU and Nicholas Thomas was running that and so we're working on art and cultures of the Pacific. I got to work on lots of 18th century voyage um, texts, lots of journals, you know, from the Cook Cook journeys and, um, and other early uh, voyages through the Pacific and looking at all those exchanges then. Which is one of the reasons I have to say why uh, we stole Jenny away from the American (laughs) Museum of Natural History. Apart from wanting to come back from New York with your family, it's also, of course, because the Australian Museum does house an extraordinary Pacific collection and, Mm. of course, a great many objects that are referred to as the Cook Collection. That's right, yes. I mean, it is pretty much the best Pacific collection in the world. It's, um, It's not only absolutely massive it's you know, 60,000 objects but also a huge range very uh, early archaeological works uh, right up to very contemporary things that, that the museum's collected really recently from, from across the region. And, and it's it's just so important isn't it you know we live here in our case on the east coast of Australia we are at the gateway of the Pacific mm-hmm. uh, at the southern gateway certainly now, we see a lot of our friends in New Zealand I guess mm. the Maori culture but a lot of us are pretty ignorant about the rest of the Pacific and Pacific cultures. Yes, it's it's unfortunate actually. There's not much awareness within Australia of Pacific cultures. And although there's a lot of Pacific people living here in Australia, of course, and there always have been, and our histories have always been intertwined, we don't learn about a lot of that at school. And I think um, that's something that the museum can really help to address going forward because we can offer a lot of broadening of people's horizons. We can really help them to understand the amazing region. Now, so tell me, uh, I know when you were studying, you also went back, 
you went to London to, to work at the British Museum as well, didn't you? That's right, yes. Yeah. So I was still doing my PhD, but I went over to, um, I was able to um, land a job at the British Museum, which Good I was thrilled with, about. And so I was an assistant curator there in the Pacific Collection, which was an amazing experience. And um, I learned a lot there. It was just an amazing place to be. And I was working with a great team there and also with all the, the local communities there. Um, there's a really big Maori community in, in London and also people from, from across Micronesia and, and the rest of the Pacific. So it was a really good opportunity to, to really get to know a lot more about, about um, what happens uh, within communities away from their homelands and, and how our diaspora communities can really keep themselves together, keep themselves uh, connected to home even though they're a long way away and, and sort of seeing how the museum could help with those kinds of connections was really, really valuable and really wonderful. That's pretty interesting because I've lived in London too and mm. I wouldn't ever think about the Pacific cultural diaspora mm. across the UK. But of course, right across Europe, it's reasonably strong and there's this amazing interest in European museums and galleries in Pacific art and culture. That's true. I think it's partly because of history, um, colonial connections to the region. So people in Britain know that there's quite a, a long sort of connection with, with the Pacific through early voyages, then through missionaries, then also um, colonial connections. But then you also get that through uh, Germany and France. So there's a lot of understanding of the regions, I think, through that. So then you came back to Australia after the British Museum and you spent a bit of time at the National Museum in Canberra as well. That's right. I had a research fellowship there, which was, which was wonderful, and it gave me a chance to not only reconnect with my family, but also gave me a chance to work on some books. And so I was able to, to do some publishing while I was there in Canberra and also you know, help with some of the exhibitions that were in train at that point. So what books did you author at that time? Uh, so I, I got my PhD published, which was a good thing to do. That's so, always good, isn't yeah, it? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So that one, it's called Trading Nature, and it's about about exchanges between Tahitians and Europeans, and particularly ecological exchanges, so plants and animals, and the impacts that that those exchanges had on Tahiti in terms of its ecology and its culture. Wow. Which was yeah a great topic to to work on. I mean, it's sort of like an environmental history of Tahiti. Not a bad country to choose to. I'm pretty clever. That's. <laughs> I bet you are. I know that, actually, which is why we lured you here to the Australian Museum. So then you ended up in New York, of course, at mm. the Museum of Museums, like the British Museum, the American mm. Museum of Natural History in New York, of course, when Night at the Museum was filmed, which is why every kid who comes in here wants to play that out in their mind. Mm. What did you do there? So I was the Pacific Curator there, and I was able to get to know the collections to be with at, um, when I first got there and then I worked on really opening up the doors because there had been not much done with those collections for a really long time. They had Margaret Mead there as a curator for her whole career and then after that there was really not very much um, you know, in, um, interaction with that collection uh, for a very long time. And how and so, big is that collection? Um, 26,000 okay. objects, yeah. So um, it's a... It's, uh, a very broad collection so it does cover the whole Pacific and it's just it hasn't been connected to its communities for a really long time and so I was able to start that process going and over the course of the five years that I was there we were able to have lots of visits from from across the Pacific but also from uh, people who were living in New York and and across the states and so that was really wonderful to see that happening and people recognizing what was there and and really reconnecting so so apart from Jenny currently managing and curating our 
Pacific Collection in conjunction with Dr. Michael Mell. She's also now, for me, the Acting Director of Public Engagement and Cultural Collections and Exhibitions at the Museum, while we find a new person to fill that role, which is very kind of you. But you told me that this wasn't the first time, of course, that you'd been to the Australian Museum, that you'd seen the Pacific Collection here before. That's right. So back when I was, I guess... When was it? Well, I've been coming here for a while, yeah, when I was doing my PhD and doing some research here. But then I came a few years ago with um, Dion Pieto, who was the curator at the time, the manager of the Pacific Collection at the time. And so he brought me down to see the collection and, and he took me down to the... A wonderful Maori man who's back at the Auckland Museum at That's the moment. That's right, exactly. So he did um, great work here and um, we're hope, hoping to yeah, sort of carry on his legacy here. Mm. Michael and I, and um, when Dion took me downstairs, I'd been up in the, the top levels of the Pacific Collection mm. before when I was doing my research, but then when he took me down downstairs, it was um, to see the Malingan Collection, these amazing carvings from New Ireland, and they're all these are carvings for a particular ceremony, which is incredibly powerful. And as I walked in to see these collections, my jaw just dropped, and I, I just was amazed at these collections, and I suddenly thought that's what it's like to have your jaw drop that's it <laughs> I've just had that happen yeah that's so. right these masks mm. are completely extraordinary and you know mm. when I first got here and Dion took me on a tour of the Pacific collections over the three floors of it that are in our basement currently and I also got down there and saw those Malangan masks my jaw dropped too Jenny mm. I mean they were the most extraordinary things I think I've ever seen and I literally, each one, of course, is inhabited by spirit, isn't it? Mm. And I literally did speak out loud to them and say, don't worry, guys, I'm going to spring some of you out of here. And we did that with the Pacific Spirit Gallery up on level two of the museum now, where we have yes. an extraordinary display of those Malanga masks. Yes, it's a very effective display. And it's you know, wonderful to see some of them out there um, being able to be viewed by the public and, and um, people being able to interact with them there. So so these yeah. are Papua New Guinean islands That's to the right. northeast of PNG. Right. And uh, these carvings, I had never seen anything like them. All my tours of the world and world museums, to me they are the most extraordinary objects we hold in the museum. Right, I agree. You know, <laughs> really, incredible. really just amazing. Now, but something I, I find really interesting where we've also got something in common maybe is this interest in the environment. And you have really spearheaded something globally in the museum sector, which is a focus of cultural communities of impact by climate change. That's right. So I've um, started up a network called the Museums and Climate Change Network. And it's really people who work in museums or who are involved in museums thinking about ways of better engaging the public in the issues of climate change and hoping to to get you know some some progress some some advance there on 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 trying to address those major problems and really involving communities no matter where they are in the world um, who have collections and museums in in that in that struggle well we know of course that uh, poor communities are the first affected by climate change it seems we also know that those island-dwelling communities such as those across the Pacific, like the Marshall Islands, are particularly impacted. Mm. We've already seen environmental refugees in Tuvalu, for example. Uh, many of the Pacific Island nations are trying to plan for what they're going to do mm. as they're swamped by rising sea levels. So it's a very emotional mm. uh, program to be involved in, isn't it? It is, but a really important one. And it's been the most important work uh, for me, um, my career, being able to 
talk to people out in the islands and, and really discover what it is that they're experiencing and, and how they're imagining they'll move forward from this point. In fact, yeah. you've co-edited a book, uh, Curating the Future, Museums, Communities and Climate Change, mm. to sort of create those links. And uh, here at the Australian Museum, of course, on our Australian Museum Research Institute, a lot of our scientists are doing work linked to climate change by studying biodiversity and the impacts there. And by marrying that, I think, with what you do with the cultural collections, um, I really think it's going to give the Australian Museum a very interesting platform for the future to communicate these issues that are happening on our doorstep. Mm, I think so. I think we're really well placed. And um, it's just wonderful that you're uh, committed to these issues because I think it really gives us a huge amount of capacity and power to actually to make a difference. Well, of course, the environment, I think, is... Uh, really important to Australians. We happen to live in a beautiful part of the world and mm. we get to grow up surfing and swimming and enjoying nature in Australia and I think most Australians value that. And, uh, you know, we need to listen to the scientists and the facts that they are telling us about the changing climate. And I think that the museum's in a unique position, don't you, mm. to be able to communicate yes. to kids and get them engaged That's right. in a really interesting way. So the term the Anthropocene is being used regularly now. What does that mean? So it's like the age of humans. So I guess we have the Pleistocene and, and other scenes. Um, this scene is the, the one in which we've seen humans make an impact on the world that can be picked up in the geological record. And so humans have, have impacted the environment to such an extent that it's, it's um, changing the face of the earth. And so it's being called the Anthropocene. And it's a way of recognising that industrialisation has, has created the world we're living in now and it's created all the problems and the challenges that we're living with now. In fact, some museums around the world are starting to build new exhibitions about the impact of the Anthropocene. I know mm. I was in Berlin last year and uh, one is underway there, soon to open. So I think it's one of those great challenges because we have historic collections mm. which gives us insight to be able to base some of our research on the changes that are taking place. But also if museums need to be contemporary, they need to uh, be able to provide that information. Absolutely. And one of the challenges we have is thinking about how we collect in order to show the impacts of the Anthropocene or, or you know, how do we get those messages across to people through what we're collecting now. And you know, we can think about contemporary artworks, but it would be good to also think about what sort of things about the natural or, or about just everyday life we might want to be collecting in order to try and tell those stories. Well, Dr. Jenny Newell, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you today on Amplify. And I look forward to welcoming you back because we've got so much to talk about in terms of the Cook Collection here at the Australian Museum and some of our plans for Pacific culture study in the future. Thank you for joining the Australian Museum and your time today. Thanks so much, Kim. Thanks. This has been an Australian Museum podcast.